Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. An on-demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. John Tabor doing a fabulous job back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. It is National Signing Day in football, but of course, we always want to talk a little college hoops, and we always love talking to Coach Keith Richard from ULM as he joins us for his weekly visit. Coach, how are you doing this morning, bud? I'm doing great, Aaron. I know you're getting ready for another uh, big road trip, the Georgia swing. Before we get into those two matchups, let's take a look back at uh, Saturday. You knew it was going to be a, a tough challenge against a raging Cajun squad, and I guess once again uh, they lived up to the hype and they were everything you anticipated them to be. Very good team, extremely good. Uh, one of those teams that, uh, you know, at least in our league, uh, I've only seen maybe twice. Uh, in the last eight years, you know, there was a team, Middle Tennessee, about my second or third year here, uh, before they left the league. Uh, I think, you know, maybe they went 19-1 and one or, you know, uh, something like that. Got upset in the uh, conference semifinals, got an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. Georgia State, four or five years ago, uh, maybe four years ago, four or five, something like that, when Ron Hunter's son was on the team. They went 19-1 and in the league, won a first-round game against Baylor, last-second shot. This team, uh, meaning Lafayette, you know, is on par, Aaron, with, with, with those teams and, and what they're doing throughout the league. They're, they're uh, you know, 10-0 and in, in the league now and beating everybody by double figures. A lot of, you know, a lot of hype about them really starting to pick up steam, and they're 20-3 and overall. We, we knew all that coming into the game. Uh, we knew we had to play a great game uh, to uh, have a chance to beat them. Put a lot into it, a lot of preparation. Uh, halftime, we're down five. Really felt like we had battled really, really hard. And, uh, uh, you know, it kind of found a few things that maybe were working for us uh, on both ends of the floor. Uh, and I told the team exactly that. We really battled hard. We're going to need another half, though, uh, because Lafayette, this particular team, is known. Uh, they're known for, you know, their spurts. And they can really, in, in a moment's notice, you know, uh, go on 10, 12, 14 on runs. And that's kind of what they've done all year. And sure enough, you know, early in the second half, one of their kids get a technical. Uh, we're down eight. We're shooting two t- t- uh, technical fouls, make one. We're down seven, miss the second one, throw the ball in bounds, get a good look at a three-point shot on the wing right in front of our bench, miss it. They come down, hit a three. We come down, turn it over. They get a layup, timeout, 
and that thing's back in double figures, and mm. and they never look back. And that was kind of our chance right there, you know, to to close the gap, make this a, a, a you know a, a somewhat a close game all the way. And but once they stretch it out, they stretch it out. They really kind of you know flex their muscles a little bit, and we missed four or five shots in a row. And you can't do that against a team like that that uh, scores so well. Coach, you mentioned uh, Lafayette now at 23 overall. I think their RPI is somewhere in the 50s right now. Typically, the Sun Belt is just a one big league. If they continue to do what they do but stumble in the tournament, do you think they got a shot at getting that large bid? I think they do. And uh, and the reason is uh, I know they're at 55, uh, but, uh, you know, if they continue to win at this pace in this league, uh, that's gonna that's gonna weigh some on on uh, you know the committee down the road. I uh, you know I, I think I heard today that uh, they're struggling for you know quality wins, meaning top fifty type wins, you know. And uh, but uh, you know a conference champion, and that's if they continue to do what they're doing. You know, uh, obviously if they stub their toe and lose, you know, two or three games, probably not. But you know, if they go through this thing undefeated or one loss, uh, and that was to happen in the conference tournament, I think they'd have a good shot, much like I mentioned Middle Tennessee, you know, about seven years ago. Uh, they're, they're, they're good now. They're, they they hit on these transfers that were sitting out last year, three of them. Uh, I mean, really hit. These are really good players, uh, along with, uh, you know, some of the good players they had coming back. And uh, they're, uh, they're, they're definitely legit. All right, Keith, uh, we talked about it before, uh, going with a little bit of a smaller lineup, but now you talked about the fact that long-term it may not work. What's the challenge now of finding the right Knicks? When to use that lineup and then go back to go with your bigs at certain points of the game? Well, that's a that's a good good question and something that we, you know, uh, constantly surveying and, and, and trying to figure out. You know, we did it in the Lafayette game immediately. I mean, within four minutes. In, in the first half, and uh, it took us a little bit, but it helped us, you know. But if you notice in that second half, uh, <clears throat> they were really driving the ball on us. I mean, driving it hard. And they do that anyway against everybody. But not having some some height or some uh, some girth or whatever you want to call it in the back line uh, exposed us there in the second half. And, and, uh, and that's where you get hurt some on the, the small lineup. So, it's game to game, you know. Uh, the good news playing uh, Georgia Southern is is that they're not a particularly big team. They play, you know, a lot of three guard and four guard lineups. Uh, but the but they always have a five man that you know is kind of a big key. So uh, we'll have to just see as we get into this game. I kind of think going in we may have to play a five man a little more in this game. Uh, because their five man's pretty decent, and he's a big old kid, and and uh, he's having a good year, and we might have to have at least one, you know, for a lot of the game, and and those are the kind of things that we think about going into the game. Who is their five man? How big is he? Uh, how good is he? And you know, can we get away with the with the small lineup or not? And uh, we'll definitely keep trying it, uh, but I have a feeling we may have to maybe not quite use it as much in this game. Tough uh, string of games here. We talked about the Cajuns, then you follow that up with Georgia Southern right now, 7-4 and four in conference, 16-8 uh, and eight overall. 
Georgia State second in the league at 9-2 and two and 18-6 and six overall. This Georgia swing with Georgia Southern and Georgia State has proved to be a pretty tough uh, road trip for conference opponents. Since they, since those two teams have joined the league four or five years ago, whatever it was, uh, that uh, they've been very good programs in this league. Uh, I think both of them have finished, you know, since they've been in the league, it, somewhere in the top half the whole time, one through six. Uh, and, and, you know, pretty much every year. And, and uh, you know, that swing uh, is a tough swing. And, and you're playing in two venues uh, that, uh, you know, they're older gyms. They've got the, the, the kind of high school feel and, and look to them, even though they've, you know, remodeled them. And, and it's loud in both of them. And they've just been very good uh, at home in particular. That swing for everybody. It's been a been a tough road trip. I think we've won, uh, you know, since both of them been in the league, maybe once, uh, and that was at Georgia Southern. And uh, uh, so uh, it is a tough swing, you know. And uh, but you know, we, we've got to we got to knock somebody off here. You mentioned these two games coming up. Then we got Texas Arlington and Texas State at home. So you count the Lafayette game. The teams that are in the top one through five, we, we're in this stretch. We play them all. And, you know, you got to win somewhere. you got to beat somebody good along the way and uh, to help yourself. And uh, so, uh, you know, starting with Georgia Southern, and, uh, uh, you know, we feel like that if uh, after watching them, if, if uh, we play a certain way, then we'll have a chance to win, And uh, even though it's a tough road swing. Final question, uh, Coach Keith Richard. We've all been impressed with your freshman, Michael Erdle. He had eight points against the Cajuns, zero turnovers. Uh, he's really an iron man for you, but typically this is kind of where freshmen start to wear down or perhaps hit a wall. How do you keep the youngster fresh? Well, I think he's kind of gone through it already, to be honest with you. Uh, early in conference play, late in non-conference play, I, no- I noticed him you know, kind of starting to wear down and, and hit the wall, as many freshmen do. And, and he's kind of had a little... Uh, uh, rejuvenation, so to speak, over the last two or three weeks. And, you know, he was scored in double figures and, you know, about four straight games. Uh, I think the thing that hit him Saturday that I noticed watching the game and watching him in particular, uh, he's running he's running up against some very strong guards. And, you know, Bartley the other day for Lafayette, you know, Bartley's about – you know, six two or six three, but he's about two twenty five, and 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 Stove and and uh, Strowman, those guys are really strong guards, good physical uh, bodies and and guards, and I think that hit him more than anything else in that game was just, you know, he's playing some older, some older, stronger uh, veterans, and uh, uh, in in that particular game, so I don't, I don't, I don't see him right now necessarily wearing down. Uh, you know, freshmanitis type stuff. I just think that uh, you know he ran into some some really good players, and and you know as a freshman that that hits you in the face sometimes. My gosh, these guys are strong, you know. And and, and coach, I'm trying, you know, that kind of thing. And I, and uh, I noticed a little bit of that going on. And it's not going to stop. Georgia Southern got some big strong guards, and and uh, Georgia State's got a six five point guard, you know, that's uh, getting some pro looks. So. This is great experience for him. 
to really start to feel the league and how good a guard play there is in this league. And, and uh, you know, Michael Hurdle is going to be one of those players one day. And uh, But it's good for him to go through it right now and, and work his way through it. All right, I know you're loading up. Is it a bus, plane, or perhaps a train for your trip to Georgia? Well, <laughs> good. You know, we are, well, we're actually flying to Atlanta this morning, oh, yeah. and then and then you know, at least we cut it a little bit, and uh, we catch a bus there and drive down to Statesboro, and uh, and the bus will be with us the rest of the trip. But uh, pretty, you know, pretty tough if we were to try to drive this whole thing to Statesboro. That's about thirteen, fourteen hours, and. And uh, so at least we get to break it up a little bit, and uh, uh, it's it's not so bad. So uh, we're getting ready to load up. Thanks, Coach. Deal one on the road. Appreciate the time. Thank you all very much. Bye-bye. Keith Richard, ULM's head coach. They took a train. Now that'd be something. That'd be a reality show. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think so. All right, we've got some. Uh... Hey, real quick before you get to National Signing Day, just to tie it in with uh, college hoops, pretty big ball game tonight for uh, LSU, LSU, a team that you claim is on the bubble. <laughs> they are on the bubble. They've got six top 50 wins. They've got some bad losses, but they've got some of the best wins in the country. They trail Kansas. I think Kansas has the most with seven top 50 wins in the country. LSU has six. So I, I saw that stat. That was a little surprising. It is surprising. I mean, they've got some good wins on their resume, but they've got some bad losses as well. So you play a team like Florida who I know they're coming off of back-to-back losses, but Florida's beaten ranked teams like Gonzaga and Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati, I believe, is number six in the country right now. I mean, Florida has some big wins. They also beat Kentucky not too long ago. So – if you go to Florida and beat Florida, I'm not saying it's going to happen. In fact, I think last time I checked, ESPN had it at like 82%, you know, Florida. But, you know, if you go to Florida and beat a Florida team on the road, man, that really enhances your resume. And I think that does put them back in to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Some would argue that they're already in there just because of those uh, six wins against top 50 teams. I think they still have a lot of work to do in order to, to continue to be that bubble team and, and, and make it in. But this is a great opportunity for LSU tonight. Any idea what the line is? Eight, last I checked. It was Man, eight yesterday. Can't get anything by Jake. No, I, you know, I, I, I tried my best. Hmm. All right. It was, it was eight yesterday. It, it might still have, is. Yeah. It might, okay, it still is. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, it's a big game. And Tremont Waters, the good thing is, is you know, he, he snapped out of his slump. Last game he had uh, 25, 27 points and like 11 assists. So, that was good to see, and if he can have another performance like that tonight on the road, and Brandon Sampson is, you know, is good Brandon Sampson. You get br- good Brandon Sampson and bad Brandon Sampson this year. If they have, if he has a good performance, LSU has a much, much, much better chance to win. He's been the X factor all season long. You'll be watching. Where can I watch it? Uh, Five thirty on the SC Network. Nice. <laughs> I don't have any more questions. Please. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I give you all I knew. <laughs> Let's talk a little National Signing Day after the break. Hey, let's fire this text line up. I know we've been uh, guest-heavy uh, so far through the show. Now it's your turn. 888-993-7762. Hit us up with a text. Or, heck, let's hear from you. Let's hear your voice. Yeah. 888-993-7762. We're back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust, 
and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318 255 5980 for more information or visit legacyrehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Welcome back to the Morning Drive on the all-new Sports Talk 97.7. Valentine's Day quickly approaching, Jake. Uh-oh. Yeah. Guys out there, are you looking for a unique gift idea for Valentine's Day? How about a relationship checkup for Amber White and the staff at Firm Foundations Counseling in Monroe? You thought I was going to mess that up. Didn't you? Easy for you to say. I know. How about a relationship checkup for Amber White and the staff at Firm Foundations Counseling in Monroe? This is live, right? Yeah. Uh, every year you go to your physician for your yearly routine checkup. Twice a year you go to the dentist for a cleaning and a checkup. Yet how often, really, do you, Jake, Go to a professional therapist for a checkup on the most important relationship in your life, which is your marriage. A lot of the hosts at Sports Talk 97.7 are taking the relationship checkup, and you should, too, mention the morning drive. To receive a special discount on your initial visit, call Firm Foundations Counseling today, 654-7010. That's 654-7010. Or go online to myfirmfoundations.com for more information. Make sure you mention the morning drive. Man, that was the best read I've ever heard. Yeah, you know, trained professional over here. <laughs> Got a few years of experience. Yeah. All right, real quick, I uh, want to mention uh, some papers are in for, uh-huh. for certain local kids. Uh, Donald Johnson sent his his papers in, the Rustin wide receiver, kid that I like a lot, has a lot of speed, uh, really fun to watch in open space. He sent his papers in to Grambling State, so he is officially a Grambling Tiger. Big pickup for Grambling. I like that a lot for Grambling. Uh-huh. Um, another one, uh, we've got um, DeAndre Marcus, his teammate, Rustin High School running back. Uh, he, he looks the part, certainly. I mean, he looks like a bruiser. He sent his papers in to Louisiana Tech. and uh, A kid with uh, the potential, the upside. Uh, yeah, the, the frame. Chart. It's the frame that, yeah. that I like a lot. I think he can really grow into a big-time running back. Uh, we're talking about the kid that was at linebacker, and then his senior year they moved to running back. I think he finished the year with uh, just over 800 yards rushing. Uh, pretty cool, the fact that they're both staying close to home. They've signed the papers. There will be a little bit of a signing party coming up later here at Ruston. The other one, of course, with the Bearcats, a lot of eyes on uh, Taj Samuel. He, he just had a remarkable career for the yep. Bearcats. We mentioned his name year, uh, week in and week out. He was literally, seemed like every week, top five of our Elite 11, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's top three on, on a lot of weeks. I mean, he, he was slept on, I think, because of his size. But if you talk to any coach in this area, 
who both coached him or coached against him, they'll tell you he is a tremendous football player. Big pickup from McNeese State. So happy that he got – he's getting this opportunity to play at the next And how many times have we seen it from a Northeast Louisiana player that was overlooked a little bit and made their way down to McNeese back when it was Coach Viator running the show, and they would make a, an immediate impact and would be a huge part of that program trying to lead them deep into the postseason. Exactly. And I uh, want to mention one more. Uh, ULM got the papers for John Bolton, the Oak Grove athlete. So another uh, big local athlete uh, staying close to home. We mentioned the two offensive linemen that ULM had already signed on the dotted line earlier this morning. Bolden's another kid, big old kid. Yeah. I remember talking to him uh, late in the season, just uh, what schools he was looking at. Colorado State, Tulane were certainly in the running, but uh, they're late. ULM came in, got a commitment from him, and now he's signed, sealed, and delivered. He is a Warhawk. Yeah, and things are going pretty well for ULM right now. They're getting the commit, they're getting the papers for a lot of kids that they had commits for, like Malik Jackson. He was the uh, three star receiver, and he was the highest graded commit and they've already got his papers he's signed so that is great to see if you're a ULM Warhawk fan also got Jordan Oliver uh, and Isaiah Phillips who we mentioned earlier that the running back from Texas who had 1900 yards and 26 touchdowns last year with the majority of their signing class signing in the early signing period the Warhawks are not having a big uh, signing bash this year but I'll be catching up with uh, coach Viator later today and of course we'll share some of that audio with you tomorrow Louisiana Tech is doing their signing party around uh, the noon hour. And then uh, Grambling's is coming up later today around 3 o'clock. Yeah, and last I checked, you know, I thought uh, Devon Smoke Harris was going to be signing around 8 o'clock, but I have not seen anything from him. Uh, that's a big one for Louisiana Tech. That's the one that we're all kind of waiting on to see if he if he does sign the papers and does land with the, uh, the Bulldogs. We had Ben Carlisle on earlier, and he was pretty confident that that was going to be the case. And I got to tell you, just kind of recalling the the championship game against Richwood, you know, I know the college game is a is a much different level. It's you know that's a no brainer. The, the athletes are much greater. But if you think about the athletes that Richwood had on defense and the athletes that are going to be signing today, by the way, to a lot of them will be going to big time schools like Mississippi State and TCU. You think about the athletes they had on that field and the moves that Smoke Harris put on so many of those kids. I I, I think this is going to be. A heck of a pickup. I know. I do worry about his frame. I know he can't take a whole lot of shots. You know, you can't give it to him uh, a whole lot of you know during the game. But the, I think the opportunities that he touches the ball, he's going to maximize those because he is an electrifying athlete. And I think he's going to be one of those players that you know when you when you when a Louisiana Tech come, game is coming up, you're going to be like, yeah, I need to go watch that Devon Smoke Harris kid play. So really, really similar to the way he's able to stick his foot in the ground and and shift. Uh, to the likes of a Cavante Turpin. And I know that is. is extremely high praise, but you go back and you look at what Cavante did his senior year in that postseason run to what Smoke Harris yeah. did, and especially in the state championship game. Heck, he set a record for the most all-purpose <laughs> yards in a championship game against a Richwood defense that wasn't too shabby. That we praised every single week, <laughs> that we always vaunted as the strength of the team. And really it was the reason why they got to where they were. Yeah. Um, and it's been good for the last two years, and just all the athletes on that team. I mean, you can ask, you can ask Coach Harvey. I remember we used to, you know, if you're if you're trying to to you know get get certain players for certain awards, and you ask him, and you ask him for honors, and he'll say, honestly, just take any of my top eight guys. They're all that good. 
So you're not talking about just one or two great players. You're talking about a unit that was really special and played well together. Exciting times for that West Feliciana program. We mentioned uh, those two expected to sign with Louisiana Tech, the other kid going to TCU, and then they got a lineman that is expected also to sign with ULM later today. They square off against Richwood in the state championship game. And quite frankly, for the Rams, this has got to be the best signing day they have had in years. Yeah, there's no doubt. Stonehenge joins us on the uh, Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. What's on your mind, bud? Morning. Hey, Morning. just to set the record straight, that Smoke Harris kid, he's not in the same zip code as Trevante Turpin. Turpin only touched the ball four times in the state finals, scored three times. They not, I mean, I know he's good, but but you got to understand that Trevante Turpin was a freshman All-American, scored four touchdowns against Texas, never done before. When smoke gets on the field in high school, in college, let's put, the problem with recruiting is this. Let's call it what it is, man. Let these kids get in college. Let's see what they do. Everybody wants to compare this one to that one to this one to that one. And then what, what nobody does, in three years, nobody follows these guys. Nobody says, hey, man, you know what? He was a dud. He didn't ever pan out because it's a different ball game up there. So, I mean, I think it's cool to talk about recruiting and all that, but one of the problems we have in society is we, we want to we want to make somebody somebody the next guy that's going to do this and do that, and that's why you have a problem in high school with kids transferring and going all over the place because they think they're the next whoever. Mm. You know, I think that I wish they would do away with all the recruiting services and the five and three and two stars and all that stuff. And then you just go to the stadium and show up and find out who went and played there. Just just show up. Go look at the team. Instead, we got kids switching hats and all that foolishness. Stupidest thing in the world is recruiting and getting kids to think that they're all what they are, and they're really not. They're just another dude on a football field. Thank you, guys. Man, he's, I feel like he's been letting that build for a while, huh? <laughs> It's not a fan of recruiting. I hate to break it to you, but it's only going to get worse. Yeah. It's only going to keep enhancing. If you see what these the numbers of these recruiting services do, man. I can tell you just from Dandy Don, that's what made Dandy Don so big back yeah. in the day. It does put you in a dilemma, though, because then I understand the circus that is around National Signing Day. And listen, from a guy that's covered how many of these throughout the years and in the, the caps and all that. Yeah. But on the flip side, it's an important, a huge day, a milestone day for not only them, but also their families. And it's it's not only athletics, it's tied in with academics. They got their work done in the classroom to make this day possible. So if you're on our side or the media side, how do you handle this situation? Then? Well, you, I mean, you have to cover it. It's, it's what people want. It's what people talk about. So it's, this is why I say, High school football has continuously gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. It's because the okay, it trickles down. The NFL's gotten huge, right? And then the college football has always been big, but it, I think it continues to get bigger because people are looking at, well, who's going to be the next big prospect to come to the NFL? And then it trickles down to high school. Well, who's going to go to the college game and make a, make a splash there? So for me, I, obviously you have to do what you know, you're getting reads for, you're getting views for, I mean, ratings – on your side of it but and, and because of that you're going to cover recruiting but for me i mean i don't i don't really have an issue with it i, th I do kids get 
you know. Listen, I did a live shot in a cemetery. Okay, that was too far. I did a live shot in a cemetery for a kid that was committing. I get it. But it was between LSU and Alabama. Right, you have to be there. But, yeah, do kids take it too far? Yes. And the recent surge of these Bleach Report videos where they're, like, doing these high edit, um, like, videos, like, something with zombies. And, like, they they do all kind of crazy stuff where they – uh, decide which which school they want to pick. I get it. That's annoying, and that comes off as being a little bit privileged. I, I understand uh, what the caller was saying there, but same token, it's fun. It's a game. They're going to go to college, and they're going to be heavily counted. If they're as big a recruit as, you know, like four-star or five-star, they're going to be counted on heavily. And I'll, I'll counter one point he said. He said, you know, when, when a prospect goes and is a, is a bust, we don't mention it. I got to tell you, Russell Shepard. How long? How much did we talk about him and how how much he failed to really make an impact at LSU? How much of that was his fault? Well, you know that's another conversation. But still, he was at one point the top recruit in the country. And Ryan Perlu. Ryan Perlu, exactly. So you know, it's for me. I enjoy it. I don't like when they get carried away with uh, the video stuff, but. I remember doing a, the kid was just making a verbal commitment and he did the old uh, hat thing for his verbal commitment, not even on signing day. I was just like, oh, brother, this is rough. Yeah. Uh, Morgan says, good call. Carrie says, that caller is nuts. Smoke is chirping (laughs) (laughs) 2.0. Just keep making comparisons. I was just making the comparisons the way the kid put his foot in the ground and pivoted in reverse field. I think it was a good, you're not saying that he's going to be as good as Kefante Turpin. It's a good comparison because. They are the same height, just about. They're the same kind of build. And, like you said, he's elusive like Turpin was. The thing is, though, a lot of people are built like Cavante Turpin. But what Turpin Cavante has inside, not many others have. Absolutely That is true. an ultimate competitor right there. Absolutely true. 888-993-7762. Keep the text coming. If you want your voice being heard, you can also call. 888-993-7762. We're back after this. The Morning Drive, sponsored by BOR, Bank of Ruston, now in Monroe, your investment property, business, and home loan specialist. Come see BOR at our new location, 2450 Tower Drive in Monroe, or call us at 812-BANK. BOR, we are your Monroe Banking Center. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, Cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. My Valentine has been the same for the last 19 years. Married 17 years to my beautiful wife, Angie, I got to come up with something good this Valentine's Day, and I think I found it. A gift from Sherry's Berries. It's the perfect way to make a big impression this Valentine's Day. Don't think outside. Think inside the Sherry's Berries Valentine's Day signature gift box. With a beautiful ribbon, no gift wrap is even required. And you can get 20% off on any gift of over $29 from Sherry's Berries simply using the promo code Doug. Fresh, juicy strawberries dipped in milk, my favorite dark, or white chocolatey goodness then topped with rich chocolate chips, chopped nuts, and their signature swizzles. You choose the delivery date, it's guaranteed. 
Hurry and order today. Valentine's Day is next week. There's only one way to get 20% off unforgettable gifts of over $29 from Sherry's Berries. Visit berries, B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot com, enter the promo code Doug at checkout. That's berries.com, code is Doug. Now let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. All right, a huge day with National Signing Day. A little bit of a uh, watered-down version, perhaps a shadow of itself in previous years with uh, the early signing period coming in December. But still an important day at that. Uh, what, I think 70% of uh, the scholarships have been filled with the early signing period. So a majority of the program is now just trying to fill the gaps. Yeah, exactly. Um Real quick, Javier Wade sent his papers in, so he is officially a Northwestern. That is the Richwood uh, defensive end just was at a monster season, a huge force. Teams would literally uh, game plan to run away from Javier Wade. And we've got a lot of text. Uh, that last caller definitely got the text line going. Larry Monroe says, I agree big time with the last caller. The recruiting shows are just too much. These kids are just young right now for all that hype. Roger says, and this is why we do it, Roger, as a radio show listener, I enjoy the comparisons of kids that I've never seen play. When you compare a kid to Turpin, I think of a small, shifty runner, which Devon Smokeharris is. When you compare a kid to Charles Scott, I think of a big, bruising back who runs people over. Keep it up. And Kerry says, remember Turpin had only one D1 late offer in recruiting. Uh, then TCU decided he was good. Best move TCU made, TCU made that year. Yeah, you got that right. Yeah. Uh, I think it was 14 touchdowns in the postseason for Cavante, uh, and it was the big uh, dis- dis- difference maker, that state championship game. And then all of a sudden, Louisiana Tech was there, then TCU, Texas Tech. They all got on board, and it got a little uh, more heated to land the surface, services of Cavante. It's just odd how time fi- flies. He's already uh, now entering his senior year. Yeah, and uh, Ben Carlo just tagged me in something on, on Twitter. Uh, Mike Farrell from, from Rival said that buzz about Patrick Sertan picking Bama is out there right now. So I want to transition there real quick. Uh, we had not talked too much about LSU's recruiting class uh, this morning. When you look at it's so 9 a.m., we're 30 minutes away from Patrick Sertan's announcement. This is the five-star cornerback. This is the guy that LSU's put all their eggs in the basket for. This is the guy that they want. Um, if you listen to, you know, recruiting guys like Shay Dixon talk about Patrick Sertan, um, he says that Shay's on the record saying that he's the most physically ready corner. He believes that he could come in immediately and start and, and, and play for, for this LSU team. He's just that physically uh, ready. Um, but it's down to LSU and Alabama. And it's it, apparent. I, I saw somewhere else where, he was torn, the kid was torn last night. So he's still having a tough time making this decision. Um, some positives for both teams. He, I've seen him, I've read where he said Alabama's winning culture, uh, definitely enticing for him. But also for LSU, LSU has uh, something going in its favor with Corey Raymond, the defensive backs coach. He's had a relationship with him for a very, very long time. And, and the, the family ha- has uh, had a great relationship with him for a very long time. And that's why he's been such a long-time commit for LSU, and then obviously Bama came on late. So this is the biggest one for LSU today. I I feel fairly certain that, you know, Kelvin Joseph and Jamar Chase, when they announce later today, they will be Tigers. They will fill up two of the four spots. 
you really need Sertan now because you missed out on Goodrich, okay? And, and Goodrich was a four-star corner that picked Clemson earlier this morning. Uh, so Sertan, and we, you, taught, you mentioned it, Alabama's eighth right now on National Signing Day, which when was the last time that happened? And LSU, I just looked uh, on 24-7 Sports, is 14th. They dropped down to 14th. So they need Sertan uh, as, as well as Chase and um, – Saban's just getting fat and happy, I guess. I guess. I guess he's just um, – Rest on his laurels. Yeah. And that's with the uh, Bama push or the Bama bump? Bama bump comes from rivals. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I, you know I'll make a push by the end of the day. But – you said Dan Trez uh, Faraday. Dan Trez Scott got bumped up, right? Three star, yeah. He yeah. got bumped up to three stars, which yeah. is good. No, signed with LSU. Sorry, four. Yeah, stars. four stars. Yeah, he was three stars. and got bumped up to four stars. The Orgeron yeah. bump. The Orgeron bump. That's right. That's a new thing. Um, but if you look at the rest of it, so let's assume, and you really shouldn't, let's say that Sertan does pick LSU, and then they get Joseph and Chase. Then where do you go? You got James Foster still left, which is the quarterback from Alabama. He's a four-star, dual-threat guy, uh, a guy that LSU likes so much they sent the whole offensive staff to visit with him either earlier this week or last week. I don't remember. Um, he's a guy that they really want bad. But if he chooses to go elsewhere, I believe Florida State's leading for him. If he chooses to go to a place like Florida State, then you've got to fill one of your vacancies. And this is the problem, Aaron. Mike Williams, who was a three-star athlete, was one of the backup plans. He committed to Texas. Your other backup plan, which is athlete Justin Watkins, he signed with Florida already. So now the options are starting to diminish. And if I had to guess, I would probably say Glenn Beal. I'd say Glenn Beal would be the guy that John Curtis tied in. You remember, he's the guy who got into that controversy with the eye pokes. Mm. Uh, with, with West Monroe. And, I wonder and how uh, how well that works for Orgeron when you call him up and say, well, our backup plan, you are one of our backup plans. <laughs> <laughs> it's very strange, isn't it? <laughs> yes. It's very, very strange. And the deal with Jamar Chase, too, he's, he's been one of the most fascinating um, recruiting stories of all because at one time he was committed to Florida, and then it felt like he was going to commit to TCU. And I think he actually was going to on the NFL Network during one of those all-star games, and he got bumped. Yeah. Some kind of scheduling thing happened, and he got They bumped. ran out of time, literally. Yeah, so he, he didn't even get to make his announcement, and a lot of people felt that he was going to announce TCU. So then he doesn't make the announcement. He sits on it. LSU turns up the heat. LSU gets him to commit or, or, or you know, side with LSU, and now all, all signs are pointing to him signing with LSU today. So, man, it, it's it's been a wacky uh, recruiting year, and – you know, as the fact that he's still considering LSU with uh, Terrence Marshall and the history of LSU Steve in the receiver. Here. I know. <laughs> People are believing in the Steve. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling. <laughs> so, anyway, I just think that's uh, – what would you say, since National Signing Day is here, since it's all kind of wrapping up, how do you feel about the early signing day period and, and how this has all worked out? It's fine. It's fine. It's, it, it doesn't affect you that much? No. And it ain't about the media, the journalism. It's all about the kids, and if it ultimately works out best for them, I'm all for it. There's the stat of uh, 255,000 seniors in the country that play high school football. Only 1.95% put on a helmet after high school. So uh, you're very rare if you are signing a, a letter of intent today or even if you get an opportunity to play college athletics. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. All right, so I think West Bluciana is about to make its announcement pretty soon. So 
I know Louisiana Tech fans will be waiting on that to see if Smoke does sign with Tech. Uh, a couple of headlines from the NFL, uh, the biggest being yesterday, it appeared that uh, the uh, New England offensive quarter Josh McDaniels was heading to Indianapolis, signed, sealed, and delivered last moment. He backs out. He's heading back to New England. So, so now the Colts figured that they had their man. They're back to the process of searching for a new head coach. Now you got all the side stories and the extra layers. What does this mean for the Patriots? Does this mean Belichick's going to be hanging it up? Does this mean McDaniels will eventually become New England's next head coach? And also for him to go to Indianapolis, and then you're still, when we mentioned with Dr. Saul Graves, the status of Andrew Luck, the unquestions, the uncertainty with his shoulder. Yeah, I mean, that that's definitely a factor. Uh, but you were you were telling me, and to to make this a local tie-in, uh, there was a pretty controversial. Now that, that this had to be one of the craziest. We try to make the tie-ins with national and local right. as, as much as we can. And I think a lot of Rustin fans and Northeast Louisiana fans will remember back uh, in the early 2000s. They were looking for a head coach, Rustin High, and uh, looked like it appeared uh, Pat Collins was pretty much a done deal. How much of a done deal was it? Well, the fact that uh, you go in front of the school board, they offer it to you, and then there's a press conference right afterwards. We have the interview with Collins. We come back. We put the piece together. Uh, the news runs at 6 o'clock, and this is a day and age, and you millennial over here, you probably don't realize this before, you know, social media and things like that. I'm not that young. Pat, on his way back to Longview, had a change of heart. Mm-hmm. Coach Collins calls Rust and says, no decided not taking the gig you get a call right after the 6:30. hey by the way uh that story you just ran no that didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> so what did that you do? still has to be what well did you rewrite the entire thing i mean for 10 o'clock did you well, say we, well, no, 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 no we, we wrote it and then of course got a hold of uh, coach collins and tried to figure out the reasons why just didn't feel like it was the right time to go to ruston but that has to be one of the strangest. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of the strangest. I mean, that. if Josh McDaniels would have been on the podium with his Colts hat on, and then all of a sudden, no, yeah, no. Nah. That's like Belichick, what happened to him with the Jets? Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I decided not to take the Jets head coaching yeah. job. It's very strange. And, and, you know, what's funny is I keep going back to the two Bills and, you know, that whole deal with the Jets and the Patriots and – and, and everything with Robert Kraft right at the center of it. And here, here you go, Robert Kraft again. I did see Adam Schefter tweeted out something where uh, one of, somebody around the NFL texted him. He didn't reveal who and said, this is another case of Robert Kraft st- sticking it to the Colts. He will always try to blank over the Colts hmm. because of the plate gate. Uh, rumors continue to surface about Malcolm Butler and why he did not play in the Super Bowl, or at least not on the defensive side. Uh, Butler issued a statement yesterday uh, trying to squash some of those rumors, did talk about the fact that his mother, girlfriend, and son were at the Super Bowl, which I'm sure a lot of the other players' families were all there also. His quote, during my four-year career at the Patriots, I've always given it everything I have to play at a high level and would never do anything to hurt my team's chances of winning a game, including this year's Super Bowl, where I visited with my family every night. The rumors are not only false but hurtful to me and my family, Although I wish I could have contributed more to help my team win, I have to get ready for the next opportunity. Moving forward, I will do what I have always done to work hard and prepare for next season to the best that I can be on and off the field. 
course, he's putting that out there because he's an unrestricted free agent and he's looking for a new deal, and this certainly tarnishes his reputation. Yeah, but certainly, look, we're not idiots. Something happened, or else he would have came out and said, flat out said, absolutely nothing happened. I did nothing to warrant a disciplinary uh, action. I did nothing to sit out of that game. And, you know, if you're a free agent, you definitely get that word out there. And then you, you know, instead saying something like that, just saying, oh, the rumors are false and you're not really saying what happened or what took place behind closed doors, then, you, you know, you put it on Belichick to say it. And Belichick's not going to say it because he, he's looking out for you, right? I mean, it, something had to happen, so Belichick's not going to reveal it. Butler's certainly not going to reveal it. So you just leave us, you know, guessing what happened. And, you know, we can we can – connect the dots here well for what it's whatever it's worth uh, Tom terrific Tom Brady uh, weighed in responded to Butler's post says love you Malcolm you are an incredible <laughs> player and teammate and a friend always exclamation point five times hmm. well what a, what a teammate Brady is uh, the other thing that came out in the NFL yesterday NFL films does an incredible job they had uh, of course uh, Doug Peterson mic'd up everybody thought it was his call of course the fourth and uh, goal line situation the trick play it was his call to go for it but Foles walks to the sidelines and he says to Peterson Philly special Peterson looked at him for literally a second or two and said yes let's go nice very cool Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. We end the show with our parting shots coming up, plus some sound you're not going to want to miss from two coaches who got into a little bit of a brouhaha last night as number one versus number two squared off in the hardwood in the 5A ranks. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, King of the Road Car King. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The King of the Road, the King of the Road Car King. When people get sick, they need a doctor. When cars get sick, they need Autoplex Automotive. So if your check engine light comes on, you have an electrical problem, need brake work, or just an inspection sticker, they do it all. They're a full service shop that can perform any BG service and stand behind their work with a parts and labor warranty. They even offer towing service. Autoplex Automotive, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. When your car's sick, call 855-4483. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive this hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. To the show, it's time to end the show with a bang. It's a little segment we call Parting Shots. I started when we didn't have computers, we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have any of that garbage. You do what everybody else in the media does, just creates and throw it on the wall and see what sticks. I have something to ask. 
just like this. Let's do it. Where'd that come from? I never said that. Nobody in this building ever said that. So where'd you come up with that? Just, you know, had a dream about it or what? But see, it's real easy when you're not in the business, when you've never played the game, when you don't understand truly what the game is. And that's, to me, that's chicken. Parting Shot Center's around a huge basketball game uh, last night. It's not often that we have number one versus number two in the high school ranks, at least to have that game in our own backyard. It was out at the Madhouse on Millhaven, and once again, that place lived up to the name. Is uh, It was certainly a madhouse with uh, Washita squaring off against Natchitoches Central. The game lived up to the hype. Both teams going back and forth. Washita trailed by as many as 14 in this ball game. The Lions, with that trademark defense and up-tempo style, come storming back to make a game of it and, of course, uh, win this thing 69-68. to Washita, though, missed some golden opportunities to put this thing away late. They missed uh, four free throws in the final minute of that game, allowed Nacogdoches Central to have an attempt at the end of the game to try to win it. Shot was uh, came up a little bit short, so Washita knocks off the top-ranked team, Nacogdoches Central, 69-68. to uh, a couple of things that stand out in this game. First of all, uh, the one that's going to grab the most headlines, and uh, if you want to see the video of it, go to KNOE.com. There was a heated exchange between the two head coaches. It's not often that you see two head coaches uh, get into it or at least be this close to each other. Uh, we saw it last night with uh, Michael Coleman from Natchitoches Central and, of course, Jeremy Madison from Washita. They're having what I would call just a lively discussion on the sidelines almost like a, a baseball manager's going at it, uh, maybe perhaps not nose-to-nose, a little bumping, and then a Washita player comes in to try to separate it, and then uh, the scuffle and the brouhaha breaks out. Afterwards, I had a chance to catch up with both coaches and break down the big win for Washita and what exactly took place in the fourth quarter between the two head coaches. Uh, yes, definitely uh, a war. Uh, great game, great excitement from the fans. Uh, can't ask for nothing better from uh, number one and number two seed out there. Uh, both teams played hard. Uh, the first half they gave us uh, they gave us some trouble getting to the basket. On the second half we made a few adjustments, came out, got timely stops, and just made shots uh, down the stretch. Guess the coach's decision not to play Willie in the first half. What was your message to him coming out of the locker room for the second half? Uh, just. Just play ball. That's the thing about it. Just play ball the second half. First half is over. There's nothing you can do about it. It's, uh, I always tell the guys, focus on the process. That's the process on the board. And the number one on the board is focused on right now. He set out the first half. Uh, felt like he could help us a lot the first half. It came out second half and saved us. Uh, the fireworks there in the fourth quarter. Can you explain what happened? Uh, just two coaches, just two competitors. Neither one of us wanted to lose. Uh, both of us out there fighting for our teams, and uh, that's pretty much what it was. All right, now you got to feel like you got a chance to either win the district championship or perhaps share it with them. Now, what's going to have to take place for you guys for that to happen? Uh, we got to get back to work tomorrow and focus on our next opponent, which is Pound. If we don't win out, then it, it was null and void beating these guys tonight because I'm pretty sure they're going to win out, so we have to take care of business these next three games, starting with Pound. Jake, that was uh, certainly fun to see those two teams go at it. Uh, we mentioned uh, the other night it was a little bit of a dud with West Monroe versus Washita. It almost felt right from the tip. You could sense the excitement in that gymnasium and that perhaps we were going to see a pretty good game, and it certainly was that. Well, you could sense it, but you could also tell that Washita was definitely 
Smith and Louis Lapool. And that was that was the big thing for me early on. Is, you know, Nathan Central took that early lead, and I'm just sitting there going, you know, can Washita hang on without Willie? And then once the third quarter started, and you saw Willie take the court, you, I mean, you saw the students. The students erupted because they knew that gave them a shot in the second half. And he had a heroic second half performance. Scored 19 points in the second half to lead that team to victory. You know. We're going to talk about the the coaching stuff and and everything else, but for Washita to hang on to win that game against the number one team in Class A, Class Five A, I should say, that is that is a huge feather in their cap. And now, if they win out, which you know they they still got three games remaining, three district games remaining, they win out, they're going to be uh, champions with Natchitoches Central. And, Jake, we've seen it, and, of course, we've watched Natchitoches Central numerous times through the years. And, of course, we had Micah Coleman on the show, Natchitoches Central's head coach, uh, yesterday. Uh, he works the refs, and he certainly gets the most of that uh, sidelines. We saw it again yesterday and really set the tone early on where the officials, quite frankly, did not take control of that game or really put him in his place on, uh, you know, on the bench. He was all over the court. Literally, I mean, we're talking five, six feet onto the court for a majority of that game. He really was. And that's what, you know, constantly he was making his way up to half court and protesting calls, call after call after call. It seemed like every possession, he was unhappy with something. And I think Jeremy, if you notice, Jeremy started making his way to half court a couple times too to try to counter that because he's not going to sit there and let and let this uh, let Micah Coleman, you know, go to half court and get his get his voice heard and not let his own voice be heard. And then, of course, we, we saw what happened with the goal 10, uh, the controversial call where I believe Micah Coleman thought that the foul should have been on the floor, and that's why the NACA Central player did swap the ball away as it was coming down, and then it ends up being a goal 10. And because of that, you know, both coaches meet at, at half court. And I think Jeremy had this feeling where, listen, you're not going to punk me on my own gym floor, okay? And, and I think that's when they both started having some words and some elbows, and, and it got a little uh, got a little uh, rambunctious there. They, they started shoving one another, and, and then the players immediately come to their coach's aid. And then uh, Washington administrators did a fantastic job of breaking it up. So nothing real, really significant happened in that exchange. But, man, it was a wild scene. Oh, I like that word, rambunctious. Uh, let's hear from Natchitoches Central's coach following the game on the team's loss, him losing to Washita and his viewpoint of what took place there late in the fourth quarter. Uh, it, it was it was physical the whole way. I, I really thought it was allowed to be physical a lot more on one end than the other. And, and uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, I'm going to say it flat out. I don't think we got a fair shake. But even still, I was proud of my guys. I thought we battled through some really adverse situations. We fought foul trouble from first quarter on. Um, really put ourselves in a good position, had an opportunity to make plays down the stretch. And, you know, we didn't for, for various reasons. We had opportunities at the rim. We just didn't finish. Had a couple opportunities on the free throw line. And, you know, one possession games, you got to have those finishes. And uh, credit to Washington. At the end, they made the tough plays, tough baskets. 23 come in and buried some really big threes um, when, when they needed it. And, uh, you know, great teams make great plays in you know, big moments. And, uh, you know, I anticipate – Maybe we'll get to do this again, one and two, uh, maybe somewhere later down the road, maybe in Lake Charles. Can you explain the fireworks in the fourth quarter? What took place? 
Uh, you know, it's two competitors. Coach uh, Madison's a great coach, great competitor. And, uh, you know, we, we're, we're fighting hard for our teams. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, we, we both coach with emotion. Both of our teams play with emotion. And uh, sometimes when two competitors, you know, come together, I, I got all the respect in the world for him and his program. Great guy, great coach. Uh, you know, sometimes competitors, you know, we do that. But, uh, you know, congratulated him and his team at the end of the game. And, like I said, they did what they had to do to, to win right there. So. So hopefully we'll get another rematch between Natchitoches Central and Washita. This is National Signing Day. Of course, we'll have you covered on the TV side tonight at 6 and 10 o'clock. Tomorrow we'll have sound from a number of our area coaches plus a number of our standout players who signed on the dotted line today. Certainly want to appreciate, uh, thank uh, Ben Carlisle for coming on today, Dr. Saul Graves, Brooke Store, and Keith Richard. We will be back bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. Thanks for listening to the Morning Drive. The Edge is coming up next. Thanks for listening to the best of the Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.